following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I uh, got confirmation today that I am not a handyman, which I already knew going in. So my wife painted all of our cabinets, mm-hmm. and I was put in charge of putting the knobs and then the handles on. And I drilled so many wrong holes in one of the one of the drawers. Jesus, <laughs> I ju- I mismeasured, and then I drilled. And I didn't realize it until I had it on, and I lo- I looked and like. Because there was about a stack of four, dra- five drawers that all they all had to line up, and I looked at the middle one. I'm like, "That's a half an inch to the left. What did I do there?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I remember. Well, I, I know. I know what mistake I made. I just need to hire people to do this stuff. Not that stuff. It should be easy, but it's not. Uh, I know. I'm not Mr. Handyman either, but I, I, I think I could handle that. I could put shelving units and shit together. Really? Like, well, I could put them you know. together. I could do that, but I mean, like." Exact lines and measurements and not making sure uh, it was, it was about <laughs> at the top of my capabilities. All right. All right. Well. I'm, I was very embarrassed by that. And I called myself out this morning on the, uh, on the JVL morning show. Yeah. You're was, one, you're one to do that. Well, you like to call yourself. I don't, I wouldn't tell anybody that. No, shit, but, but I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> ta- I don't mind touting my strengths and I don't mind admitting my weaknesses and flaws. Because I have friends that I normally call for this sort of stuff, and they can come by and they can help me out, and they realize that hey, not everybody's. I'm I'm shocked that I'm actually handier than some people. Those people are absolutely helpless, which I think I am. So I don't feel as bad. I just feel bad for my wife because she did all the work. Well, and then she looks at those and she's like, what What is that? You've probably seen too many uh, videos on Pornhub of the handyman coming over when you're not there, and you know, next thing you know. The music's playing. I did not think of that, <laughs> but now I'm going to remember that one. That's a good start yeah. for where we are on the intentional foul. Hey, we made it a couple of weeks in a row. How about that? Yeah. Uh, back. Soon. I almost did. I almost didn't make it after Thursday night. I I was contemplating getting the ladder out and getting on the roof. Is that a, <laughs> who was the guy Brooks from Shawshank yeah. or what? Yeah, I was going to carve a Max. I was going to carve in Dan was here into my. Direct TV satellite dish and just, you know, I couldn't take it anymore. Is that a Halloween decoration? Yeah. No, that's dead. Yeah. God. <laughs> Putrid. College football, baseball, which is going on right now, and then the NBA starts tonight. Yep. You're really excited about that. I am. I am. We've got our high school basketball-ish schedule put together, um, and Whitewater continues, and high school football playoffs start this week as well. So there is a lot to get to. All right, so... Tell us about your. Is this the low point for you? I think it's one of the low points for any red-blooded American football fan. I mean, you watched it. I did. It was atrocious. It was not good. Um, I mean, the Bears lose twelve to seven. Um, they have the ball inside the five three times. They come away with zero points. One of which I could. The first one I understood. They were trying to be aggressive. It was early in the game. They went for it, uh, but the play call was awful. They take their smallest running back and try to run him up the gut on the one yard line. I, 
I don't get that. Um, the Bears offensive play calling with with your boy Luke Getze, former <laughs> former Packer coach, off of the Matt Lafleur tree. That's right. He's he's a, he so far has been some rotten fruit off of that tree. Um, I just don't know what the hell they're doing offensively. They they there's times when you watch them, they look like a high school JV team. Like Fields is just kind of back there running around, and nobody really can get open, and the line's a mess, and it just looks like a mad scramble. Like nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah, and you know Fields, he he's he's very difficult to watch because he has these moments. It's the inconsistency. Really, yeah, really ugly. But then he'll do like four or five things a game where you're just like, God damn, that was a hell of a play. I mean, that run he had on the last drive, it was like a 35-yard run to get him down inside the five. I mean, that was just a phenomenal play. And I don't understand why with as porous of offensive line as they have and with the ridiculous lack of playmakers at the receiver and tight end position. Why are they not doing more designed runs with fields? I don't understand that. Or making him run out of the pocket rather than just stand back there. Yeah, because when he's on the move, he's actually a lot better than when he's just standing in the pocket. Call more rollouts. Yeah. Call more play action. Get guys moving away and all that kind of... Yes. But is but is this a case of... Not doing him any favors. I'm going to make the quarterback fit my system as opposed to designing a system around what we hope is a long-term quarterback. Didn't we just see that in the previous regime? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's concerning and I, you know, I'm not going to I'm I I don't think I've ever been one to sit up here and tell you Fields is a great player or he's going to be great. I I still don't know. I don't think he's ever going to be a superstar. But you know, I I look at him and the Bears and where they're at and I and I was saying to myself on on Sunday night when I was watching the Cowboy Eagle game, I'm like, the Eagles now are where I hope this Bears organization is in two years, and I hope that Fields is where Jalen Hurts is right now because I think they're kind of similar quarterbacks. Not neither one of them are super dynamic as drop back, read the defense passers, but the Super athletic. They seem like they're smart guys. They both seem like they work really hard and they're well-liked. And look what Philadelphia did. They draft Devontae Smith high last year, and they go out and they trade and go get A.J. Brown. They've got two legit big-time weapons for Jalen Hurts to help him, and then they've got the ancillary pieces. they got a decent tight end. they got a decent running game, guys that can come in and out, and they got a pretty solid line. That's my hope. That's kind of what I'm looking at as a as a roadmap roadmap to get to sure. being a competitive team. I'm not saying, you know, I hope in two years they're going to be 6-0 and and the best team in the NFC. I mean, sure, great, that'd be awesome, but just make the, the necessary steps along the way to at least allow the fan base to have a little hope because it's – the last couple games have been bad, and this next one I think is going to be real bad. 
They're they on the go, road they Monday go night England. against New England. Yeah. Bill Belichick gets to go against Justin Fields with no weapons. Probably licking his chops. Like, oh, you can't complete forward passes. Oh, okay. Do you cool. think Belichick is like in the film room when he's studying stuff by himself, watching tape, stopping, rewinding, going, did I just see that? And then kind of giggling and laughing. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to see what I can dial up. He's probably sitting there going, God, why these guys are so horribly coached. Why don't they just run this? Because <laughs> that's what he does. Yeah. You know? No, that's he fi- true. He finds it and he's like, oh, well, that's what you exploit. I'm going to do that. Whether I have all the talent or not, I'm going right. to find a way to, to at least compete. But, yeah, um, but I burned this game out of my memory. I will never speak of it again. Um, I don't. Somebody's going to try to. Honestly, other than, like, the the inside the five stuff and the last drive, I really don't remember anything from the game because there was nothing to remember. Nothing happened. Except when uh, the Bears scored the, their touchdown. It had been the first touchdown on Thursday night football in like six quarters. And uh I mean like can somebody get Al Michaels a drink? Oh no kidding. Kirk Herbstreet's going, I signed up for this. <laughs> really? At least well, they're paying Al me. Al Michaels a lot of money. is like really I know. I get pushed out of fucking NBC. I can't go to ESPN because they hire Buck and Aikman and Fox don't want me because they wanted to promote these other guys, and here I am, stuck on this shit Thursday night. Amazon stuff where the pitcher half the time looks like shit and the games are even worse. Wow. I hope he's getting a lot of money. <laughs> I think he's probably doing okay. Jesus. I, but, but I think in the, in that stage of your career, you probably just want to watch good football. Yeah. Yeah. I Maybe. would think so. Just a thought. You know, call the game with your buddy, Chris. Yeah. I mean, no, nothing against Herbie. Seems like a nice guy, but it's a new, what is it's he? A, he's... Forty years younger than Al I was Michaels. Just say, and... It's a weird time to start a new tandem. Yeah, you know, usually announced teams go together with that sort of um, time spent with each other. For but, sure. Um, and I think Sunday Night Football is not as good either. Tariko's a solid announcer, but uh, Mike Heller said it after Week One, and I totally agree with him. He just doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like a big game. Yeah. Like when you hear Al Michaels, it feels like a big game, mm-hmm. or it's supposed to. It doesn't really turn out that way, unfortunately, anymore. But did he make Washington and Chicago sound like a big game? No, he was trying his best, but even he knew it was, you know, <laughs> who am I fooling? It's an uphill battle. Yeah. So somebody's going to say, "Yeah, remember that Bears Commanders game?" You're like, no, oh, I, don't I don't. I don't. I, don't know what you're talking I, about. I blacked it out. <laughs> never, never happened. Well, I think a lot of people should do that uh, in Wisconsin for uh, the Packers and the Jets because that was absolutely atrocious. It was. Unbelievably bad. Well, I had a hunch last week. You thought they were going to blow the Jets out. I thought they were going to come back pissed off yeah. and, and dominate at home. I thought they were going to win, but I thought it was going to be a close game. But this was not a close game. No. I don't it, even know that this the score was even indicative of how bad it looked for the no, Packers. I don't I don't think so either. Um I mean Wilson didn't throw for anything. But 110 yards on 10 completions, 99 uh, total yards when you factor in the sacks. And they beat you by three scores. I mean, that's crazy. At at Lambeau. Yeah. Four sacks, nine hits. Uh, offensive line is a mess. Jenkins is not the right tackle. 
Uh, he's a lot better at guard. I don't know why they don't have Yash Nyman out there now that it seems like Bakhtiari is back to playing whole games now. And until there's a setback, I don't know why you keep Jenkins in the outside and put Yash at right tackle and move him inside because Royce Newman is terrible. They benched him for Jake Hansen. Hansen gets hurt. They put Newman back in the game instead of going to somebody else. So I I don't understand. Like, I watched a couple of plays where the Jets ran four, man, four linemen up front. They dropped their linebackers, and they just ran a simple curl stunt where the outside, you know, the inside guy goes out, the outside guy comes off of him on the inside. Packers linemen were absolutely flabbergasted. That inside guy came right down the chute up the middle and just blasted Rodgers a couple of times. It's like, guys, that's just a simple twist, stunt. How are you an NFL line and not able to pick this up? It's not like somebody's got to shift over to pick up a blitzing corner or a linebacker or something like that. This is just four guys against five, and Mm -hmm. you can't do it. Yeah, I don't get it. So the line is a mess. Um, There's nobody to throw the ball to. Cobb got hurt. He was crying. Uh, they're thinking maybe injured reserve for him. I'm not really sure where where that's headed. Uh, I didn't see anything about it, but I know he's out multiple weeks. They bring up Juwan Winfrey from the practice squad to try and get him uh, some time, and Rodgers throws to him twice, and they are, they're on the money, and they're flat out dropped. So they had to resort to throwing Amari Rodgers in on offense. And he caught a nice ball on a cro- on, on a drag route, on a crossing route. That was fine. But it, I just thought it was interesting because Rodgers threw him under the bus a couple of weeks ago when he was asked, where does Ramari Rodgers fit on this on this team right now as far as the offense? And Rodgers said, yeah, he, he's returning kicks for us right now. And that was, that was it. But it's like they hired this guy to be a burner and a speedster, and it turns out he couldn't catch. You put him back in, in punt return, he can't catch that either. But now, it's so bad now to the point where everybody's hurt and nobody's available, you have to have him on offense. Like, we're getting to the point where we're in a state of desperation now. If you're the Packers coaching staff, playing guys that you normally don't want to have any business playing. That's bad. Mm -hmm. And the best guy on the field right now is Aaron Jones, and he can't get the ball. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know, but I was thinking about what you said about being a time-controlled offense and giving the ball to A.J. Dillon a lot and just kind of turning things into that. If this is a precursor to this whole thing, that's not going to work. And maybe it's going to be better with Jordan Love. I don't know how. But right now, there's nobody that can catch the ball. Tanyan had a career day. It's silver lining. Great to see him come back from an ACL and and and, and be productive. That was great to see. They got DeGuara involved. Mercedes Lewis is still blocking his ass off for a lot of these guys without getting any touches. But, I mean, like, Alan Lazard cannot do everything. Sammy Watkins is supposed to come off injured reserve maybe this week or next week. I don't know whether he's going to be on the field. So I have no idea what's happening up there. But right now, there's a downward spiral, and either it's going to keep going or something's got to happen where these guys got to pull their heads out of their ass. And I don't know... I don't know whether that's going to happen or not. Well, what do you um, what do you make of Rodgers so far? I mean, he's been not good. 
He hasn't thrown over 260 yards in a game. He hasn't hit on a deep ball, maybe one, two, maybe. I mean, he beat Justin Fields, Brady when there was all Tampa's guys were hurt. Yep. Should have lost to Bailey Zappi. Yeah. Um, who else did the Packers beat? They beat the Bears, the Bucks, and who? I see. Now I'd have to go even back. They, and then he loses to Daniel sure. Jones and Zach Wilson. Like yes. it's not like they've played a murderer's row here of good quarterbacks. This was supposed to also supposed to be the easy part of the yeah. schedule right now. Yes, and they've lost a couple of those games. I, I, I mm. well, they beat New England. That was the other yeah, one. That's yeah, right. but I mean, yeah, they could they could very easily be sitting at two and four. They probably shouldn't have won the New England game. Probably not. You know, um, I don't know. He he hasn't looked great. He he seems aloof and uninterested. Like unless he's calling guys out. Yeah, but that's the thing with Rodgers and it's the problem that I've always had with him especially when like just because he's there compare him to Brady. I've never heard Brady air anybody out in the media. Yeah. I have seen him Dozens of times airing people out on the sideline mm-hmm. during the game when it matters. I've never seen Rodgers do that. No, I've seen the he, you he see just the, yells at him. You see the eye roll. 10, 15 he, yards down the field. Right. He. I've never seen him do what Brady did on Sunday. And you can criticize Brady if you're the kind of person that doesn't like that. I look at that and I'm like, well, at least he's still showing he's got a lot of passion and fire. He's not just moping around kind of... With this poor me attitude, poor me. I don't have. I'm a, they traded away my guy. I don't have anybody to throw to, and, and then go into the media and say things like, "We need to simplify things." Well, but that's never what he's done. Wasn't ever. one of the complaints about Mike McCarthy that the offense was too simple and that Lafleur was going to come in and bring this new, new, advanced football that Sean McVay invented? Now you're talking about simplifying things, and now your coach is being asked about it, and he's saying, I don't know what that means. What? What's going Rogers on? Rodgers on uh, McAfee today, and, and Hawk questioned him on that, and he said that Rodgers backtracked a little bit, and he said Matt and I are on the same page every single time. Um, he was simply saying that, you got a lot of guys in there that don't play a lot of regular snaps and don't get a lot of time with the number ones, and now we're having to force to play a lot of these guys. And it's like maybe we shouldn't be doing that, running these types of plays with a lot of these second- and third-string dudes that we're now being forced to play. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you keep getting behind. I understand. So, like, you know, that I understand that line of thinking early in the game, but early in the game you've had all your guys. Mm-hmm. You know, Randall Cobb goes out during the game, and then you get behind, and now all of a sudden you have to throw. And you have to throw to these guys that don't normally play a lot of snaps. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, are we that? Are we sure LaFleur is that good of a coach? I'm not. And I thought or did about... He, or the last three years that he just fucking beat up on a terrible well, division. I thought about this afterward, after the game, and I was like, I know Hackett is not doing great things in Denver. People are not a fan of him. Oh, he's bad. You're not a fan of Getze as, not so, not so as an OC in Chicago. Stenovich is the new offensive coordinator for Green Bay. He used to be an offensive line coach. 
I'm wondering if these collective losses and changes really add up to a little bit more than people realize. Yeah. And now Lafleur's being asked to do more, shoulder more, because of the inexperience now of new hires or whatever. And maybe he's not good at that. Maybe these guys have had a track record of doing things a different way or a better way or whatever, and now Lafleur's having to inject his own sort of way of doing things because he's got to pick up the slack, and maybe it's not good. That that would just be my on-the-surface observation. Well, and when you factor in how they, they, they always get their ass kicked after the bye. Yes. They have not done well in the playoffs coming off of the bye. Yep. Um, and then even like this week, coming off of that loss in London – you you've got you you go home you're playing a team in the jets who they have talent but I don't know how good of a team they are yet and you come out just flatter than a pancake to start that game i mean first play of the game rogers throws a pick an almost pick um then he had the one where he like threw it behind him yeah and luckily like nobody for the Jets knew where the ball was and the Packer lineman fell on it. But, like, just normally the Packers historically in our lifetime, they're the team that gets the ball and they're up 7 to nothing, and you're like, all right, well, here we go. We're chasing. Right. We got to chase these guys. This team now is just like they got nothing coming out of the tunnel. I don't and I, understand. And, you know. I don't get it. Like. I have no explanation. The Christian Watson pick. Oh, my goodness. Can't get on the field. You don't even know how good he is yet. But he's got, like, five or six catches through six weeks. This was your this was a guy you traded up to get. But he's been he's been playing half those games. It's it's he can't get on the field. Yeah. Um I mean Romeo Dobbs I think is gonna be a decent player. I think he's gonna be good. I think Lazard is a is a decent two. two. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Ta- yep. Tanyan's a solid he can have his moments yep. but he's not real consistent with it. But other than that them other guys are they're they're you might as well put them on the Bears because that's what that's who Fields is throwing to those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Winfrey and Rogers and I couldn't yeah. even I couldn't even tell you who else he that that, that he's throwing to. I don't know, but I, they used to split Jones out. They used to run wheel routes to him out of the backfield. Now they're throwing to Dylan more than they're throwing to Jones. I just don't understand. And it's like when at Lafleur is asked about it, he just says, like, yeah, i got to do a better job of that. Who's talking to you in the game that says, you know, this guy's really good, we might want to get him the ball more. But yet, Lafleur's justification is, you know, through a quarter or a half, you see Jones have, like, five carries for 12 yards. Well, all right, we're not having a success with him. That's exactly what McCarthy used to do. You just see this, and you get the numbers, and you're like, well, we're not going to him anymore. This isn't working. You got to find different ways to get guys the ball yes. and let them work. Yep. It's not, you, you can't just do the same thing if it's not working. You got to do something else. Throw them in a jet sweep. And I do thought, a bubble screen. I thought that's what Lafleur was supposed to be able to do. I've I've told you time and again. I'm watching some of these games and I'm like, that's a great play. That's a nifty play. That's really creative. What I don't see any imagination in the stuff that Green Bay is doing. And I don't know because it's the personnel. I don't know if that's just not what Lafleur does, but it's just, it's kind of like the same thing we see in Madison with the Badgers. It's like, I just don't see any ingenuity. 
Mm-hmm. Just don't. Well, in the in this year, even with some of the plays that they're they're running, it seems like it's either a really short pass or very, it's a bomb. Very. Where's that? Where's that twelve to twenty yard slant pass that the Packers have made famous over the last thirty years? I mean, I understand you don't have Devontae anymore, but like. It doesn't even seem like that is a part of their offense right now. I'm a little tired of the five-yard outs Mm -hmm. and some of the bubble screens. That's the shit that bad teams do. I've watched it with the Bears for years. That's what happens when you had a bad team or or you don't have a good quarterback. Because they're they're safe. They're safe little plays. I'm also really getting tired of the third and twos and the third and threes. And he throws it 40 yards downfield in double coverage. Yeah, like... You're just praying for the homer? I don't get like, it. What are you, the Brewers? Just just move the chains, man. Just got to move the chains. They used to sustain drives and beat the shit out of defenses. Now it's like we better score maybe on one or two big plays so we can get so we can, you know, get our defense on the field. But I Well, one, the Joe Barry thing, I I I have no idea. And and like I texted you, they have a really they have really good talent at each position group, and then just some guys. Collectively, this team should be so much better. So I don't understand why they're bad. Their defense should definitely be better. I don't. I don't think their offense has that much talent. No, no, no. I was, but the defense. I, I was strictly yeah. talking defense. Yeah, the defense should definitely be better. I mean, they were a team that a lot of people thought would be a top five defense this year. So they really have no excuse for the reason they're not. Um, but you know. I, I was talking to a buddy a couple weeks ago. We were just talking about quarterback play and and some of the scoring and some of how bad some of these games are. And it's like, you know, there's guys at court. There's really two kinds of quarterbacks. There's the guys that need weapons and the guys that are the weapon. Mm-hmm. And you know, Fields, Goff, Cousins. You know, guys like that, they need weapons. They they have to have a Justin Jefferson, a Thielen, a Cook, a St. Brown, guys like that around them to succeed. The Bears did have done a piss-poor job of that in Fields' career, and that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. Rodgers, Allen, Mahomes, Brady in his prime, those guys were the weapon. Were. Are the weapon. Were. Are the weapon in Allen and Mahomes' case. Not anymore. Brady and, and Rodgers seem now, they've... They've officially kind of moved into that category of they do need help. And I think Rodgers, his his fall off in the first six games has been a little jarring. Absolutely. I, I, I didn't see this coming. Um, I don't know. I, is, this, is this just a blip or is this the beginning of the end for him? And could this, you know, not to get too dramatic... Could this be the last nine or ten games he plays for the Packers? I know he signed that extension. Right now, I would say that's probably um, more of a lock than the opposite. But, you know, you're looking around at a team like a Denver who just spent all that money on a quarterback that just ain't that good anymore, and now they're screwed. Screwed. And at least the Packers, I mean, they you, you could still convince a GM right now that Rodgers has got a couple good years left in him if you wanted to trade him, right? I mean, there's a, the, an Indian, a Jimmer, say, could say, oh, yeah, Matt Ryan, he, okay, well, let's let's get Aaron, you know, somebody like that. There's always going to be somebody out there that thinks that he's still got something left. 
could be interesting to monitor that as the season goes on, especially with his individual play. I think he's. I mean, I know. I'm pretty sure he has a no trade clause. So I'm. I'm. And I just get the feeling. That but they could just say to him, Aaron, we're starting Jordan Love, and then he's going to waive his no trade clause. He's not going to be their backup he, unless he retired and gave up the money. So it would be hard for me to, to believe that this regime would say we're going with Jordan Love over Aaron Rodgers. If he like, well, what are they three and three? If yep. they go seven and nine, you're going to get the seventeenth pick in the draft. You're not going to. You're not going to. That regime's also not going to take a wide receiver next year just to appease their old ass quarterback. That we know. Yeah. Well, so he's already come out to say that uh, the trade deadline's a couple weeks away. I hope our team's active. I don't know who. I don't know who's out there to get. Just, honestly, I was just like, have you not been a member of the team for the last decade? This yeah, team well, doesn't do that. But what wide receiver is on the market? I, I, don't, I don't see know. it. I mean, there Odell Beckham, but no, that ain't happening. That, no, they're that, not backing up the Brinks truck for that guy. I, I, I'm done talking about them. This is this is. <laughs> Yeah, let's move on. This is mad. Let's get to some results of of one of the weirder weeks. So we've yeah, had. you you sent me a graphic that I never responded to, but I think I th- let me pick out the games. Falcons by two touchdowns over the 49ers. What? I don't know. I I guess that's just what happens when Garoppolo's your quarterback, man. You just have those games where you just get your ass kicked by a bad team. Giants beat Baltimore. Are the Giants for real? I I don't know. How long do we have to wait until we say that? Midpoint of the season? Well, I guess we Maybe. have to determine what for real is. Are they a playoff team? Well, I think so. I mean, Are right? they a legit contender? No. Probably not. I, I wouldn't think so. And then we were just talking before we started taping. Pittsburgh beats the Buccaneers with Trubisky after Pickett goes out. Well, you know, when you go to somebody's grandpa's wedding and he's marrying a girl that's a couple years older than you and me, like Brady did Friday night at Bob Kraft's wedding. Mm-hmm. That Well, you had to pay your penance, bro. You skipped out on practice on Friday, two days before a game, and you had to pay the piper. That's just the way it goes. I, mm, okay. Pittsburgh, though, man, that's a, that is a bad team. Yeah. Tampa losing to them, that's, 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 that's a bad that's, loss. That's glaring. Um, all right, now on to the regular um, insanity. Uh, the Patriots dominate the Browns. I think I said. I think I saw that coming. I think I said that. I think I was. On yeah, the that, the that the, the Jacoby Brissett experience. Yes. I think is is. I bet you everybody in that locker room, even though they probably don't like him personally, they're like, "When's Watson coming back? <laughs> can, we, um, can we move that up?" The Colts beat the Jaguars. I thought that was a, a prime one for Jacksonville to do, but I'm I'm just not I'm not giving up on Indy. And that Indy was without some of their big dude, their big players on that. Yeah, game, Taylor didn't in that play. Game. Yeah, Matt Ryan was great. It was like old Matt Ryan, but I just don't think he can keep doing. No, that. no, not not sustainable. Uh, Minnesota goes down to Miami and beats the Dolphins. I was a little bit shocked at that one. Well, I wasn't because two didn't play. Didn't play. Yes. I was a little surprised that it was that close. But Minnesota, they're five and one, but man, they don't feel like they should be the two seed. 
But at look, this point, you know? Look at the broad scope of the NFC, and I was thinking about this on Sunday night as well. It's like, who then deserves to be up there? Like, we talk about players and minutes. Well, the next, and, team, like, the next team in line is the Giants. That's what I mean. So, so who do you take? Well, I, don't know, that he, not be I don't know that either one of them are any good. Well, that's I, my. That's what I'm saying. Right, but okay, who's better that deserves to be up there right now? Just Philly. That's what I mean. Yeah. you got to start putting teams in there. I'm not saying they're good. Yeah. But realistically, they're in competition for one of the next highest spots. I mean, that's that's just the reality. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati with a road win at the Saints. Yeah. Bounce back. Kind of, kind of a season saver yeah. in a lot of ways. I mean, I think if they got, you know, if they were at two and four, they would only have been a game out of uh, the division lead. But that would have been just a really rough start after making the Super Bowl and for sure. I think they really needed this win and finally Burrow and Chase had big games. It was I would kind of been waiting for that and it finally happened. Two touchdown win for the Rams over the Panthers. Rams are not good. That is not a good football team. They can't run the ball. It's a quick fall off. They got one one receiver. And they're trading away and, Cam Akers to the, to the soonest team that can give you something. Yeah, I don't know what that's I, all about. I don't either. And then uh Nobody's Stafford good. looks like Lion Stafford. Like he leads the league in picks. So I haven't looked. It's been he, yeah, they're they're not good. I mean, luckily for them, the rest of that division's not very good either. I mean, not I thought the Niners would be a little bit better, but uh not good. I think this is the end for Arizona a loss to Seattle. That's bad. That that wild card pick for me is not good. Like is Seattle bad? I thought they were going to be the worst team in football going into the season. I thought they were going to be the uh, the team that was going to be fighting for the number one pick. What They're not they that bad. What are they? They're now? three and three. Geno Smith. It's crazy, man. Like you see these guys that all of a sudden they show up when they're like twenty nine, like Geno Smith. They've been around. They kind of bounced around a couple times, and you're like, I wouldn't want him as my quarterback. But he's not bad. He's not bad. He's not a great player, but he's not terrible. Like, he can win you some games. And he's run their offense better than Russell Wilson did last year. I, it's really surprising. And, and Arizona is just a fucking mess. Like, they remind me of the Bears. Like, they, they, got, they just got guys running around at, looking like they don't know what they're doing. I don't think their coach knows what he's doing. They have, they have trailed at the half of all six games. That's bad. Well, that's coaching. That's prep, right? Should I mean, be. You have to look at the coach for that. Right. And then you get into the second half, and they've been able to make some of these games close because Kyler Murray then just runs around like a toddler. Nobody can tackle him. And they they kind of hang around. But 19-9 to against the Seahawks? Brutal. Game of the week was going to be the Bills and the Chiefs, and Buffalo goes into Kansas City and pulls one out. I think that, that probably a good game. legitimizes them as uh, as what people were kind of thinking. I would I would imagine they're the I would say they're the clear top dog now in the league. Yes, but I think Kansas City shouldn't feel too terrible that they lost. Okay, um, the last two times they played uh, Buffalo, they gave up thirty eight thirty six points. Only gave up twenty four. Mahomes threw a really dumb interception in the end zone in the first half. Um, and he's another one that I think he's still trying to figure things out with a couple of these new guys. Like, 
You know, he, he the interception he threw, he tried to squeeze one into Valdez Scanling, and that's just one of those things you got to know. Like, he ain't catching that. Like, Rodgers would have never thrown that pass because he know he ain't catching that. Right. But Mahomes doesn't know yet, so he threw it, and it got rustled away from him. So I think KC will be okay. I, I, I think these are clearly the two best teams in football, and I'll be shocked if we don't see this game in Buffalo in January with a Super Bowl trip on the line. I certainly hope so because watching Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes go at it is pretty fun. I mean, I would think right now I'd pick either of those teams against whoever makes it in the NFC. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Philly and Dallas on Sunday night. Eagles still doing it. Well, it was another one where Philly got up big, and then they hung on for dear life. And, uh, you know, Dallas now can move on back to Dak next week and not feel any pressure of having won every game with Cooper Rush. He didn't play very good the other night, so... You know, Philly should win that game at home. That's That wasn't too shocking. And then uh, your boy Herbert throws 57 passes in a game against the Broncos. And on doesn't Monday throw night. a touchdown. No. And has a very meager, I think it was like 213 yards or something. It, it wasn't a, a huge total. I think it was like 31 out of 57 or 35 out of 57 or something like that. But once, once, once again... The Chargers got all their good, a bunch of their good guys didn't play. They like I've never seen anything like that franchise. Like all their good guys are hurt all the time. Like Keenan Allen's been out for three weeks with a like a calf strain or a hamstring strain. It's like, are you kidding me? And but but Denver, Denver, that's the bigger story to me is that they're Man. they're what two and four now. I think, yeah, not good. Let Russ cook. I think Russ is cooked. I think it's over. Let's move on to week seven. That starts on Thursday with the Saints and the Cardinals. Have fun, Al Kirk. Good luck, Al. You got uh, Andy Dalton versus uh, Kyler Murray. Four and eight combined. Yeah, fun. Won't watch the second. Bucks will be on, so don't don't be texting me going, hey, did you see? No, I didn't see it. So you like to star the interesting matchups, and you don't have a lot of picks this this week. week. But you're you're going with a battle of three and three teams for one of the two with the uh, Falcons and the Bengals. Well, I, I still don't think Atlanta's any good. But if they win this game, they're four and three. They're winning the AFC or the NFC South. They're a legitimate playoff. If you're four and three, right in the NFC, you're probably you're yes. you're in the mix for the playoffs yeah. with Marcus Mariota as your quarterback. I don't think they're going to go into Cincinnati and win. I was just going to say that. But if they did, that would be a huge upset. Okay, but yeah, they're they're this this is kind of a if you got if you got to go out and buy some pumpkins with the kids or something or appease the wife and go to a farmers market, do it this Sunday. Not a whole lot of good. There's stuff. not. Uh, Detroit and Dallas. I mean, I would think with Dak back, that's a walkover. Uh, Dal- you, Detroit. Has not looked good the last you couple of weeks. thought they would be better. Well, I was wrong. Um, I could be wrong. Colts and Titans. <laughs> that's that's a good divisional battle. Who there. the fuck is watching that game that doesn't I, root for those two teams? That might know. that game might be six to three. <laughs> that's terrible. It's te- yeah. I don't know who to pick here because I don't know who's. In it. I mean, Indy's not good. I, I've Tennessee's never... coming off of a bye, so that might help uh, them. And, and they're at home. Yeah, okay, I'll go that. Packers at Washington, which will be terrible. Trash fired. Wentz is out. 
So you yep. get a, you get another backup quarterback, uh, Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineken. Or Heineke. Yes, I just call him Heineken. Hi, Heineken. No, that's good. But uh, and then, um, I and and just <laughs> you lose to the the fucking Washington and their quarterback has a broken finger and you still can't beat them, Bears. Really? Good. Jesus. Tampa Bay at Carolina. Yuck. That's not good. Carolina continues to sink. Uh, Giants should be six. Uh, somehow I can see Jacksonville pulling this out. I don't think they will. They're at home. But it wouldn't shock me if they do. Yeah. Because the moment you start to count them out, you're like, then they blow somebody out. Well, I'm I'm not a gambling man, at least not like on NFL games, because I just couldn't put myself through the ringer. But you, you can't bet on the Giants because... No. Daniel Jones is their quarterback. Like Daniel Jones on the road against anybody is a is scary, you know. Uh, the battle of the franchises: uh, one former, one newer. Uh, Baltimore and Cleveland. It's in Baltimore. I'm going Ravens. Yeah, and if uh, a Browns loss would put them at two and five, and that's a pretty that's a tough hole that, to dig out of. Kind of a death sentence, I think, at this point to come back from. Uh, Jets and Broncos. Jets are going to be maybe five and two. Yeah, I think this is a season on the line game for Denver. I, I I just don't think they can go two and five. Is Robert Sala a good coach? I think so. I think so too. I think so. I think he's got. I think he's a little bit like Dable. Like you watch those. It's I do it a lot when I watch basketball games. I watch the bench, and I've started doing it a little bit more in football. And you watch the Giants bench and you watch the Jets bench. They're into it, and there's like a. There's like a good energy when you watch those teams and, you know, you don't have Robbie Anderson screaming at his receiver coach in Carolina. Like, you don't have that on those teams. I don't know, man. I think those guys, they're young, they're energetic, they're innovative. You know, Sala was a really good defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. on the Niners. And he also had some dudes. And that Jet team has got some young dudes. Yep. That that kid they got out of Alabama was a menace in the Packer game. What was it, Williams? Yeah, Quinn and Williams. Whew. Yeah. All right, so this is probably the toilet bowl for the week. Uh, Texans and the uh, Raiders uh, combined two seven and one. As far as I know, Devontae's not in jail, so I think he will be able to play this game. It was a misdemeanor. <laughs> He's not going in jail. They I mean, better not freaking suspend him for that. That would be really? asinine. Why, why are you calling the cops? Well, because that's just that's what's wrong with this country. Is that's, that, that's what we're doing now? Yeah, that's ex- that's like the poster child for everything that I hate. Chargers and the Seahawks. This is you, I probably should have put a star next to it, but I just you got to win this game though if you're LA. But you again, have to. But again, if the Seahawks go on the road and win this game, they'd, they'd be tied for first in the in the NFC West. People like me thought they were going to be the worst team in the league. Crazy. Kansas City and San Francisco, this is actually, it should be a good matchup, even though the Niners are probably going back to the Bay, absolutely wondering what the hell happened in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean. And now here come the Chiefs. Niners got a pretty good defense, or at least I thought so up until last week. Mm -hmm. This will be a good one, and and Mahomes is going to want to bounce back. So, uh I'm, I would pick KC, but I think this will be a good game. Pittsburgh at Miami yeah. on Sunday night. The three primetime games this week are are trash. I don't. I mean, it, I I don't know if two is back or not. It's supposed to be. So I would go he's with Miami. Pre- he's but prepping to go that led that he's going to start. I think Pittsburgh beating Tampa last week was a total fluke. 
I think they're pretty awful. And then New England at home against Chicago on Monday night. Whoever scheduled this should be fired. <laughs> like, what was the point of this game? Why? Why? Because you thought going into the season, even New England would be just okay. You knew the Bears were going to be awful. Why are they on Monday night football? They don't deserve to be. And Belichick is going to embarrass them. I just, I think this could be 31 to 3 kind of a game. Okay. And I'm not saying that because I think New England's great. I think they're all right. But, but this is the kind of dismantle yeah. would be the word that I would use. This is one where everybody on the flight home is kind of thinking to themselves, like, should I be in the pros? Should I be really a coach of this team? Might might result in a meeting when you land. So like, like we need to reevaluate this. Would you when is the trade deadline? Two weeks, I thought. Two weeks. So Robbie Anderson, who got in a fight with his coach, yep. he was immediately shipped to uh Arizona. Yep. There's been a lot of rumblings that uh Christian McCaffrey yep. is on the block. Saw that. And there may be more guys um in Carolina that may be on the block because they might be in fire sale mode. Tuesday, November 1st at 3 p.m. following week eight. So usually there's not much of that in the NFL. No, it's not, it's, like, the it's not like it is or baseball. Yeah, um, But, you know, a running back, you know, I don't know, somebody trades for McCaffrey. Buffalo was rumored to be in the mix for him. I mean, you put McCaffrey on that Buffalo team. I, I don't know how you're stopping him. If he stays on the field. Well, right, of course, but... He's hurt all the time. Man. Well, yeah, but on that team, maybe you don't have to use him as much. Maybe true. instead of 45 snaps, he plays 28. That's I don't true. know. But just something to keep your eye on, see right. if anybody moves around. All right, let's move on to college football and the Badgers. I didn't get to watch the second half of this game, and I'm glad I didn't. Um, I was going out to eat with uh, my wife and the O'Leary's. Since we had a rare Saturday off for Whitewater because we were uh, out a Friday night game that drew eighteen thousand nine hundred and fifty one people at yeah, Perkins that's crazy. Stadium, yeah. So I'm I'm glad we didn't watch. Although the first quarter, quarter and a half I saw was just it was just not good. I saw Mertz throw a pick on his own side of the field, backed up to the end zone that Michigan State capitalized on. Um, I. I You've got another guy entering the transfer portal, and granted, he didn't play that much um, over the five years, but it's like, guys are starting to jump ship here. And I don't know if it's for greener pastures or they're Christ guys, and now that that it's Leonard, um, they're not really sure of the direction of the program because they don't know if he's going to be head coach. They don't know if if somebody else is. Um, I don't know, but... I reserved hope after Northwestern because you took a look at the opponent and the opponent was terrible. So you couldn't, you had to kind of take that in a vacuum and in, in what it was. This I thought would have been a good test. Like, okay, if they can go on the road and Michigan state's not great. They didn't, they hadn't won a big 10 game. They lost four in a row. My problem is the production. Michigan state's defense was third to last in giving up passing yards, 290 a game. They had given up over 500 yards a game for the last four games in total offense. Bobby Ingram's offense should have come in there and decimated these guys if this is this is a good game to do that, despite it being on the road because they still give these yards up at home as well uh, for, for Michigan State. The offense barely got, I think, 200 
60, 70 total. How Michigan State just suddenly decided to play? Well, let me ask you this. It's best game of the season. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Why do you think Bobby Ingram's offense should have come in and wiped the floor with him? Why? What 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 have you seen in the last 2 years with the talent on this roster that would make you think that that should happen? I just meant that there if there was any game that they were going to explode outside of the Northwestern game, this was a good opportunity to do that. But they don't have any talent. The ba- that's clear. I think that is the most glaring issue even more than the rudimentary shit that they continue to try to run. Where's the talent? Leaving. Marcus Allen, I mean, I know he doesn't really uh, get on the game or in the game very much, but he could he was going to be a young guy that was going to be able to do shit, do stuff. I where your running game doesn't exist anymore. Where's the offensive line homegrown talent? Where did it go? Are they are are is the is Wisconsin and I don't know this, so I'm asking you legitimately. Is is the Wisconsin high school football not producing any Division One level offensive line talent? Or is that talent just not going to Madison? It's half and half. I could probably name you a couple of guys, and I watched this really close last December because I think that's the early recruiting deadline, and I'm, I'll be curious about it. There were a couple of guys that, that committed to Wisconsin, and then there was one that was undecided, and I think he went to Ohio State or Iowa. I can't remember. It would seem like two-thirds of the really good linemen in-state stay in-state, and the rest go. And these aren't two-star guys. I mean, the like this Brunner kid from, I think it's Whitefish Bay, he's going to Wisconsin. I think he was a four- or five-star tweener guy. Okay. Um, so I'm... I don't know if he's redshirting or if he's doing an early spy. I don't know what, I don't know where he is. I don't know if you need another crop to turn over to finally get, but the guys they have in now are bad. Yeah. And, you know, I think Braylon Allen is a, is a good back. I don't think he's special. And when you're not special, you're not going to do well behind a shitty line. Special guys can do well behind shitty lines. But, you know, his his run last year was a little bit, I think, of a fluke. I don't think he's quite that guy. Um, and then you give every coach in the Big Ten an offseason to scout and prepare for him when last year he just kind of gets thrown in in the middle of the year and everybody's like, who's this guy? Um, and, th- yeah, and then you factor in the, the lack of talent on the line. The wide receivers are, are not good. You know, it's funny. DK's good. He's all right. He's all right. DK's good. But he he might do everything. He might be on special teams on Tennessee. But you also don't have a tight end. Right. You don't have a good tight end anymore. You don't have that safety valve or the guy that you can just stretch the field right down the middle. You don't have that. So it's like there's so much missing, but it all adds up to defensive coordinators going, I'm going to go stop Braylon Allen and Isaac Garendo and Malusi was recovering from surgery, but it's, like, I'm going to go stop the running game. I'm going to dare Mertz to beat me, and he's not going to do it because now all of your defensive backs can play one-on-one. They don't need two safeties over the top. They can probably get away with one. Maybe they don't even have to do it. They can just play man and not even worry about it. Yeah. You could just, like, we're going to play the run three downs out of four. Go for it. 
Because right now, that's Wisconsin can't beat that. It, it was funny. There was a commercial on during the game, and it was I can't remember who it was for, but it was obviously an NIL thing because it had uh, Allen and Mertz in it, and they were wearing their uniform. And um, they uh, they had their helmets off. And, like, I, I looked at the commercial, and I was like, Jesus Christ, they look like they're 12. And I was just and – and it kind of reminded me, like, yeah, you know, sometimes – and even playing college sports myself – we all forget these guys are kids. But then the game started up again, and then Mertz threw two balls that hit um, Michigan State defenders dead square in the chest, and they just dropped them. And I was like, yeah, but you're getting free school and you're getting paid, so I can criticize you. He threw one of the worst passes I've ever seen on the first pass of overtime. He dropped back and threw a ball into the end zone on the right side. There wasn't a Badger within 20 yards. There was nobody there. There were two Michigan State guys, and they sucked so much, they couldn't even come up with the ball. One guy jumped in front of the other guy and tipped it, and it hit the other guy, and he dropped it. The game would have been over because Michigan State had already scored. Right. It was the worst pass I've ever seen. I don't know. I I mean, somebody, I'm assuming somebody had to have run the wrong route because, or Mertz is blind. Ray Charles is the Badger quarterback. I don't know. But. I feel a little bit bad for the kid because he is a kid and he's trying his best. He's just not very good and he hasn't gotten any better. And and that goes to the coaching. They're not able to coach him up. They don't have anybody behind him that's any kind of an option no. that they've been able to coach up. Burkett's a true freshman because the other guy left and Chase Wolf is hurt. There's nobody. This program's in this program's in a bad spot. It's in a bad spot, dude. I mean, they're in last in the West. They're behind Nebraska in the West. And now you come and you face Purdue at homecoming, which is always a tough game, and the Boilermakers just put up they're hot. over 600 yards of offense against Nebraska. Four in a row. Four in a row. Yeah, they're hot. Yes. So you're probably going to lose that game. I, don't, I have no reason to think that they're going to win it. They're still favored. I know. I don't understand what's happening. Well, that's just the... That's just the That's program? That's just the tradition, I think. Man. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it. Um, Tennessee beat Bama. It was an interesting Saturday. Yes. I, I usually don't keep up too much with it, but a lot of stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. Michigan, I mean. Annihilated. Pennsylvania. Harbaugh, man, he's got it going. It took him a couple years, but. They're back because mm-hmm. they annihilated Penn State. But, again, you can talk about how good Michigan is until the last game of the season. Well, they beat them last year. I know. You know, we'll see. We'll see. But, I mean. Because Ohio State's the, cooking, too. Michigan's got a, they've their talent. You can just see it when you watch these college games. You can really tell the dis- talent disparities. Mm-hmm. Michigan's got a lot of talent on the roster. But now I find it interesting that Michigan's up there and Ohio State's up there. And I don't know when it starts, whether it's this year or next year, and maybe it's the year after. The Big Ten tied, The Big Ten is free to select the top two teams, oh, right. re- regardless of division. Right. So if if Michigan's first loss is to Ohio State at the end of the season, they're going to play the next week in the Big Ten yeah, championship. And I I just think that's dumb. If that's the case, eliminate the divisions. That's what they're going to have to do. Because if you're just like, going to pick okay, and so choose, you won the West. So what? Yeah. They, well, you just yeah, it has no meaning now, if, and it's not really fair if Purdue or Illinois, if Illinois goes ten and one, they should get to play in the conference championship game. They won their division, right? 
and watch him go to Indy and just get absolutely well, but, stomped. I know, yeah, yeah, but, but we, that's the way yeah, it is. Right, that's the way it is. I don't know if the SEC is doing that as well, because that would eliminate a lot of good competition. As well. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. There's got to be. you got to have. I know TV drives everything, yes. and I know a Michigan-Ohio State Big Ten title game would be gold for Fox. I get it. But this is still sports, and you still should have to earn shit, and stuff should still matter. If you're going to have it, it's got to matter. Right. Well, I, I don't disagree at all. Um, I watched the end of the Utah game, and um, they went for two and beat USC. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Thought that was great. Um, it's always fun to watch USC of lose, course. too. Um, even though they've been bad the last couple of years, now they're starting, yeah, but they're they're getting, starting they're, to figure it they're out. They're getting with, pretty cocky. Yeah, they they are, think they're coming into the Big Ten and they they're going to run shit. They got Lincoln and they got the yep. quarterback, and now they think they're, you know, they're king shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, TCU's moving up. They beat Oklahoma State. They beat Kansas the week before. Jayhawks have lost two in a row. They yeah. lost. To, well, just when they get ranked, they run into TCU and Oklahoma. Isn't that how it weeks. always works, though? So... Uh, Horn Frogs are up there as well, so I'm I'm looking forward to another another Saturday of uh, college football. So I th- I think there might be a, a Sun Belt game on tomorrow night that, I, that, that that I probably will watch. <laughs> the Raging Cajuns are on, or yeah, I don't know who's playing this week. It was it was not the mascot game that was last week with the Raging Cajuns and the Thundering Herd. That was a fantastic matchup. Um, all right, let's go to baseball. Uh, I would assume the Yankees won today. I'm pretty uh, sure that they're up five yes. to one when yep, I got here. Yep, they just won. Okay. So they have a quick turnaround. And yeah, do they play tomorrow? Yes. Okay. So they got to go to Houston, and then they got to play the Astros in the start of the uh, ALCS. So I will. Houston beat Seattle three to nothing. Yeah. I will just say that game three. Um, I think that was Friday night. Friday night or Saturday night? Saturday night, I think it was. Game three, eighteen innings. Houston wins one to nothing. Uh, guy hits a homer in the eighteenth, top of the eighteenth. I think it's the best game I watched all year. It was one to nothing. It was phenomenal. From about the sixth inning on, you couldn't you couldn't turn it off. Um, that I, that's the baseball I love. I don't need to see nine home runs. It was a pitcher's duel. It was strategy. There was they were trying to hit and run. There were guys trying to hit guys over. It it was great. It was a lot of fun to watch. Unfortunately, Astros won, but. Um, them and the Yankees, two best teams in the AL all year. It's fitting that they meet. I just um, don't care either way. No, I, I have a feeling Houston's going to win. Um, in the NL, I mean, somehow Philadelphia is hotter than a tamale right now, and they're, what are they? They're 6-1 and one in the playoffs. They beat Atlanta 3-1. to one. And in a great game four, San Diego comes back and beats the Dodgers and wins their series three to one. Where I think every Brewer fan died a little bit inside. It's just going to use that phrase. And um, you know, Stearns and Atanasio. I hope hopefully after that game they went and just took a look in the mirror inside because in three games Josh Hader had three appearances, three point one innings pitched. No earned runs, six strikeouts, and a walk, and three saves. That's a pretty good line. And considering what a dumpster fire the Brewer bullpen was the last six weeks of the season, yeah, you probably could have used him. And what it tells me is San Diego must have some phenomenal coaches. 
because apparently they fixed whatever was broken that the Brewers couldn't fix. And it took him a couple weeks. Hader was not good the first couple weeks in San Diego. He got rocked a little bit. But, like, the last month of the season and now into the playoffs, he's, he's been, been phenomenal. He's been awesome. He may go shit his pants against Philadelphia, and then everybody can go, see, I told you so. Well, <laughs> it still was a bad trade. I'm going to, you know, when you're watching Josh Hader slam the door on the Dodgers, you're watching Trent Grisham patrol center field like Willie Mays and, and hit big hits and home runs against the Dodgers. And what do we got? Taylor Rogers, Lauer, <laughs> and Urias. Yeah. C- cool. That's a- cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so that one, uh, that game one is tonight. Yep. Uh, San Diego at home. Mm-hmm. But this this whole thing now, you asked me last week if I liked the five-game division series, and I said I did. I've changed my mind. And there's been a lot of talk about this with – Number one, how they don't reseed, right? Which I talked about last week. They, they just which lay is the just bracket out and they follow it, no matter what. Completely happens. stupid. These five game series now for the top two seeds, it's almost a little bit like in the NFL in that divisional round with the top two seeds getting the bye. Not sure it's good because the Dodgers lose one of the first two games at home. And now you're playing for your life. You win a hundred and whatever, 12, 18 games. They win. You have one bad night and like you're, you're screwed in the series. That's not really fair. That's not really equitable. It kind of devalues your regular season in my opinion. So I would say either you got to do seven games or why in the wild card does the top seed get three home games to start the series? But in the division series, it's 2-2-1. Two, yeah. Two, yeah. Why not in the division series, the Dodgers get the first three games at home? Or they can have the last three games at home. I don't care. But there's got to be some kind of an advantage for the, the the awesome regular season the tops, team. Yes, there's not enough, and it's it's too random. And now baseball's looking at it, going shit. Houston, San Diego. You know, before tonight, Cleveland, San Diego. Like, who's watching that? Base the diehards are going to watch. They always watch it. Well, but I remember what you and I, guy, what you and I were know. talking about. We were hoping for the Mariners oh, and yeah, Padres for but, sure. But you know, baseball but, wouldn't no, want no. that either because it's all West Coast stuff, and everybody in New York and in Florida and Texas and Chicago, nobody would care no. that that was east of the Mississippi. No. Nobody well, that, would. Care. That game is not getting clicked over to when it's going up against Sunday Night Football. It's not getting clicked over to when it's going up against a local NBA game. It's just not. So I don't know. I, I hope they I hope they look at that and tweak that. And I'm not. But, but I love that the Dodgers are out. Fuck the Dodgers. I'm just saying the principle of the thing. It's not really that fair to the top seeded team. I mean, Jesus Christ, they beat San Diego by like 25 games. Beat them 14 out of 19 teams or times in the regular season. You lose game two and you're screwed. Like that just doesn't. I understand. Doesn't seem right. 
I'm I'm rooting for the Padres. Now. Oh yeah, me too. I, mean, I would I, love to see Hader and Grisham both get a ring. I know Machado's a dick, but I yeah. I love the fact that they have been at least trying to do things in their division to overtake yeah. yep. the team that's above them. They've never I won, ad- right? I admire that that they're at least making an effort, and yeah, sometimes they've fallen flat on their face. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the face of that, but still, at least they're trying. Yep. They're not just giving up and say well, we're comfortable being below here, not spending. They're not as just much trying money. to take bites at the apple. <laughs> they're trying to win a World Series, right. and, I, and I give them credit for it. See, that, same with me, and you, that's, and that's know, the only reason I'm. You, you for get if you know, and if they go out and win the World Series, it will be worth giving up the top ten prospects that you gave up for Soto, and then the other guys you gave up for Hater. Mm-hmm. So. All right. and, and it would kind of even be a little bit sweet, too, to win the World Series without Tatis. Yes, that's true. Who now apparently needs another surgery or something that I just He's read He's got today. the time. He's got the time. <laughs> All right, it's your day. Are you excited? The NBA season starts tonight. I'm a little more excited than I usually am, um, partly because the NFL is – I was really excited for the NFL. It just hasn't been that great. The games just haven't, there hasn't been many games that have been great. So now you're shifting a little more. It's nice to have something else to do. Okay. And I've really been enjoying the, the baseball playoffs. I've been watching a ton of it. Um, but, you know, that's going to get dwindled down here in the next two to three weeks, and then I need something to replace it, and thank God I got the Bucks. Um, so the, the official season starts tonight. We got Boston and Philly is the first game. Lakers at Golden State is the nightcap on TNT. Um, Bucks open Thursday at Philly, and then uh, Saturday home opener against the Rockets. Um, sounds like Middleton going to still be out a couple more weeks, uh, but that you know not, that's that's actually good. I'm I'm glad that nothing's really changing. They kind of said all along it was going to be the first couple weeks of the season, so I'm glad he hasn't had any kind of setback. Um, unfortunately, it was announced yesterday Connaughton's going to be out three weeks mm-hmm. with a calf strain. calf strain. And, again, this is kind of like, you know, I get it. You know, you got a calf strain, you know, Keenan Allen, hamstring strain. Brian Robinson got shot a couple weeks ago. Right. And, like, two weeks later played an NFL game. So, I, you know, I don't know. Some guys are just different. I love you, Pat, but three weeks for a calf strain? Like, <laughs> get some get some electroshock treatment on that bastard and let's go. Wow. Um. The Bucks surprisingly waived two point guards, Lindell Wigginton, um, who was a uh, a guy that kind of bounced back and forth last year between uh, the herd mm-hmm. and the Bucks, and actually uh, limited player, but but did some nice things when he got some time. Um, with Javon Carter coming over, and I think he's going to play a little bit more because I think everybody, even in the Bucks organization, knows that George Hill's washed. And you can't rely on him, especially in the playoffs. Um, I think Javon Carter's going to kind of move into that spot, and Hill's going to take a little bit of a, a step back. So I guess they felt they didn't need Wigginton. Luca Villadoza, they they signed really, really late in the season last year. He was the MVP of one of the Euro Leagues. They brought him over. He played like the last two games of the regular season, got in a couple times in playoff blowouts, and now they released him. So I don't know if he asked to go back or what was going on there. An interesting thing to keep your eye on, and I haven't really read or heard anything, so I'm not like reporting this, obviously, since I'm not a reporter, but uh, the Pistons cut Kemba Walker today. 
I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks took a flyer on him. He's at the end of the road. He can't give you a ton. He's not even close to the player he was a couple years ago uh, when he was an all-star. But he's a vet. He could hit some big shots for you. He could maybe give you a couple minutes in a playoff game. And, you know, do you trust him more than Javon Carter? Eh, maybe. But that might be a guy that if he's kind of floating out there, I, I that's the kind of guy I could see this this group bringing in. Budenholzer's comments I, I read and I heard a lot in the preseason. They seem pretty high on Carter, though. They do. They like him. And, you know, you look back now to the Boston series and you're like, well, you should have played him. Everybody was kind of saying you probably should have been playing him a little bit more than you did. But he's a good shooter. He's really quick. He can defend. His problem is he's small. You know, he's only about 6'1". And there was a there was some situations last year against Boston when they had all that length out there. He was having a hard time getting his shot off. So we'll see what happens. Um, I still think the Bucks as the season goes on, you know, there's a trade or two for them to make. Um, you know, they just they just extended Jordan Wara. Wouldn't be surprised if, you know, around the trade deadline, he's a guy that could get moved. Young guy, cheap deal. Um, I still think Grayson Allen is a guy that, that in the right situation could get moved. He's not going to be making a ton of money the next couple of years. Um, although they do really like him. So, you know, and, and it, the NBA is a fickle beast. You, you never know from day to day who's going to get pissed off and want out. It's just that's just how the league works right. these we, days. That's, that's you what you just don't know. So the Bucks are pretty um, pretty well talked about going into the season by a lot of the experts. I've seen a lot of people picking them to make the finals, and a lot of people picking them to win the title. Usually, it's them in Golden State. I, I I've seen meeting in the finals. I think Philadelphia is going to be really good. I think that James Harden is motivated. We'll see how long that lasts. I'm just gonna say because we've heard that he's motivated before. But I like their roster. I think they're going to be a really good team. Obviously, Brooklyn um, on paper they look like they could be really good, but it's a crapshoot, and injuries are going to be a, a, an issue with them. And then Boston with their their coaching situation and some of the turmoil they had in the off season with Jalen Brown getting thrown into a Durant trade and him getting pissed about that. So, you know, the top of the East is really good. There's a couple other teams like Cleveland um, and Atlanta that could get in the mix, but I'm, I'm excited for the Bucks. I think they got a really good chance if, if everybody's healthy at the end of the year. Um, I think they got a really good chance to, to make the finals and potentially win another title, which is, which is pretty sweet. Phenomenal. Yeah. And you're really excited that your TNT crew is back. And yeah. I am too. I yeah. don't, I don't watch the show. You send me clips. They post clips on Twitter all the time and it's too in depth for me as not a huge basketball fan, but I like it in snapshots of what I can see because I can see the camaraderie and I can see the humor and the comedy and the and the little in the bits that they do here and there. I mean, I've never been a huge pregame show fan. I was way back when when Fox had yeah, that when new, we were kids and that yeah. new conglomeration mm-hmm. of uh, they had the dancing robot, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. and 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 they had um, who was the and Caliendo was doing his thing, and mm-hmm. you know that that was cool way back then. Pregame shows for me are not. I, just tell me when the game starts. Yeah. But that. Is a, is a pretty cool show. 
Well, yeah, I, even with, like, the local brewer and buck, like, I almost never watch those pregames. No. Like, if the game starts at 7, I'll turn it on at 7.02. Right. But, and I don't even really watch the pregame that much on TNT, honestly, with, with Barkley, Shaq, Ernie, and Kenny. But it's the postgame. It's, it's, it's at, like, halftime of the second game or at the end of the second game when it's, like, midnight our time and it's one fifteen in the morning and Barkley's watched two shit games for the last seven hours and he's just ornery and mad and hungry and tired. That's when that show's gold. And, um, I, yeah, I'm glad they're back. I, there was a lot of talk Barkley was going to retire here mm-hmm. soon, but he resigned. Sounds like they paid him and the other three uh, a boatload of money and, Hey, man, they deserve it. That's good. Um, one sad NBA note okay. that I saw yesterday. I oh, guess Dikembe Mutombo's yes. got a brain, brain tumor, tumor. like a, and it's is not it, not good. It's in a, it's inoperable. Or I don't know about is, that. Is he getting treatment, but it's it didn't sound good. So that's too bad. Hate to see that happen to Deke. No, he no was kidding. always you know always a a fun guy to have in the league. He, he was like ninety seven years old as, <laughs> as a rookie. He's he's one of those guys that nobody. I mean. Yeah, no one knows how old he is. He could be seventy-two, legitimately, and no that's, one would know. Yeah, I, I saw that headline. I didn't read the story, but I was like, "That's that sucks." Yeah. So, all right, high school uh, football playoffs start on Friday. The seating went down. Did you? You didn't watch the show. I was working. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. Holy shit! Was it bad? It was bad, and I had like, a feeling like, it might like, be like bad. corny. Who who did it? Did Brainerd do it or? Brainerd did it. Yeah, he's so corny. With um uh with, with, with Jay Wilson. Okay. So they're supposed to have Travis Wilson in the Wiss Sports guy who he follows Wisconsin. He's sharp. He's on top football of it. Yep. To the letter. Mm-hmm. He had to go to the hospital on Friday, and he was going to get discharged that night. He hasn't talked much about it, but he couldn't do the show. They get. This Jay Zaleski or Zaluski or somebody from Point, I think that's where he is. And they had him in his basement with the wood backing and the, you know, the Zoom thing on, and he was kind of giving given stuff. But, I mean, they did the slow bracket reveal. They gave Janesville Parker some pub because Krieger got his guys together in their small auditorium. They put the show on. They had donuts and juice and stuff like that. A good team-building thing to see where they would get. And then he tweeted out a picture. And they splashed it up on the on the on the show, which mm-hmm. I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. It took an hour was way too long. People just want to hear the brackets. They had a couple of interviews with people that nobody gave a shit about. Just like the NCAA, just give us the brackets and move on. It's it was just filler. So Parker waited for fifty minutes to see their name in Division One because, of course, they go from seven all the way up. Actually, I think they might have started with eight man. I think. Oh. So I but they they went in that circle all the way up to the top of the hour. Uh, Craig, unfortunately, lost to Madison Memorial, and I was getting texts on that game, and Craig had an early lead, and and, and, and Memorial came back on him and won. Um, again, this is all computer seating now. Parker gets an 8 seed. they got to go to Arrowhead. Yeah, good luck. Arrowhead's a 1 seed. They finished third in their conference. Yeah, that made no sense. They lost twice to Muskego and Maguanago by a total of three points. You're you're still good. For sure. They're always good. You're still good. McGuanago got a two seed. Muskego got a one seed. Uh, Bayport and I think Wanakee got bumped up to Division One, which I love because they should be playing the big boys. Wanakee, definitely. Yeah. Whatever their enrollment is. So Parker's got to go to Arrowhead. 
A um, couple of other Big 8 teams made it. Middleton, this is weird, and this is kind of what I had a, a conversation with Parker basketball coach for the boys, Matt Bredesen, about about um, just the differences in the basketball seedings and the football, which is all, again, now computerized. Middleton, for some reason, finished ahead of Madison Memorial in the Big 8. They finished second. They got a five seed. Memorial finished third. They got a four seed in a home game. And Middleton beat Memorial. Correct. Yeah. But Middleton lost both of its non-conference games, which in the criteria says it's nothing to be factored in about making the postseason if you're under 500. Maybe that had something to do with making the seeding. I don't know. But they lost to Bayport, and they lost to Wanakee. So two number one seeds. Correct. Madison Memorial played Waukesha West and Kenosha Tremper. So they would have been better off playing Orfordville and Delavan and went in by 60, potentially. No offense to those teams, but Middleton's a very, very good football program. That would have been better for them, apparently, than losing to two of the three best teams in the state. I would like clarification on that, and that douchebag Rob Reichel from Middleton, who is a, just a Middleton homer and blocked me on Twitter, he started crying because... Bear sent me a screenshot of his thing about, you know, I don't get the whatever in the seating. He's got a legitimate gripe. Yeah. When you look at this contextually. For sure, for sure. It's like the it's like my thing with the Dodgers. I I am not I'm not carrying any water for fucking Middleton. No. Yeah, but it's the principle of the thing. It is. Madison Memorial should not get it. those two things should be flipped. Yeah. Middleton should be getting the home game, Madison Memorial should should be should be on the road. So, I don't understand why? And if you ask the WIA, they won't give their whole algorithm, variable, equations, whatever they use to plug into the computer to spit this thing out. On the surface, it looks like that was a major glaring mistake, at least in Division One. Mm-hmm. I don't know any uh, any others. Um, Clinton's got a home game. They're the only team uh, in the area, aside from Broadhead Judah, that's got a home game. They play River Valley. I think they're down in Division Four. Broadhead Judah's a two-seed. They got uh, They got a home game. Uh, Monroe's a one seed. They're really good. They got a home game uh, as well. But I think uh, who else has got to go on the road? Oh, Milton backed in with a three and four conference record. They get rewarded by going to Kettle Moraine mm. uh, in Division Two. That's an eight one game. So Russ and Lauren got to go there. Um, and I know I'm I'm leaving somebody out that also is on the road. But um, I, I'm excited. Not sure Parker could shock the world. Obviously. Not sure that that's going to happen, um, but there there should be a couple area teams. Clinton has a good chance to win. Uh, Broadhead Judas should win. Monroe should win. But other than that, I think all of our all of our area teams. Evansville made it in. They got to go to Lake Mills. They got a shot, according to Russ. Um, but yeah, the, the the seating in the computer thing and the selection show. Not a great idea. I I would rather stay up until the wee hours on Friday night, just hitting refresh on the WIA website to get the brackets, than do this. This dog and pony show that was, and it, yeah. Well, Jay, like we said last week, it's for the kids. You know, I, I get it. I get it. They've turned that into something, but I, they could sell ads for it and make some money. That's all they did. That's all they did. Well, good for Parker. It's been a couple of years for them. Get back into the playoffs, and yeah, for Craig, uh, the first thing I thought of was when when I heard that they lost Friday night was, boy. That debacle at the end of that Parker game, man. Yes, that was the. I mean, that, that's the that got Parker in and kept Craig out. Yes, just that whole 
because they got sequence of events there at the end of the game. They got blown out by Verona. They got blown out by Middleton. They lost a heartbreaker to Memorial, but they lost a bigger heartbreaker to Parker. Yeah, the not getting in and spiking it on fourth down and not ki- trying a field goal to, to tie it or whatever no win. or win it. And yeah, just it's tough. That's a tough one. It's, it's it, it was a tough pill to swallow. So I haven't talked to Coach Bunderson. Um, I may just drop by Craig tomorrow when I get back in town from Whitewater. Um, cause we got to go on the road again this week, but just make sure he's not in the garage drinking gasoline or something. Just make sure he's all right. You're doing all right. That'd be a man. That'd be a long off season. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, Stuff like he said, we started at the beginning of July with their, well, and with look, their he, camps and, and he knows he played like you, you just, you don't get that shit back. No. You know, them and, seniors and that's nine it. weeks flies by. Yeah. It flies by, I mean, especially your senior year. Right. I mean, that is like the fastest shit ever. So yeah, I'm 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 I put out a preemptive strike to our friends in in uh, in ESPN Madison. See if Bill and I can go call a game at Camp Randall again this year for the Division Five. You know, maybe we'll get lucky and see somebody like Broadhead Judah, but I don't know. But calling games at Camp Randall is is just sweet. So we'll see if we can wrap things up. But I think locally we're going to be winding down here pretty quick. Um, but but we're still doing Whitewater on Saturdays. The Friday night thing. I didn't know how many people were going to show up because it was the last Friday night of the regular season. It was crappy out. It was drizzling. They set an NCAA Division Three record. Yeah, that's wild. It was unbelievable. More people than the number one team in the country, Mary Harden Baylor, and then when, the, when the weather was great and on then a the, Saturday. And then the announcing booth started on fire. Twice. <laughs> Twice you you didn't hear the one at halftime. No, I I was watching the game on. I was watching and listening kind of back and mm-hmm. forth, and I happened to have the volume on the TV on, and the fire alarm went off, yes. and you could just hear it blaring in the yes. background. And the guys on TV were just kind of laughing. They're like, "Are we supposed to leave?" So as soon as that happened, I fired you guys up to hear it, and I couldn't hear it, the beeping as much through you guys. But that's when I texted you, just fire, <laughs> get out. It's unbelievable, and because then halftime we're playing the fifteen minute interview with. Drake Martin so we can, you know, coach can go use the can and we can get our media meal and whatever. And my wife and kids were sitting in Coach Bullis's box and they were being attended to, so I was shooting the breeze with them. There's so many people in that hallway in the press box, somebody bumped into it again uh, and set the alarm off during halftime. God, you got to put one of them little cages around yeah, it, right? Like, yes, like that you have to lift the yeah. thing and pull the... No, might, might need to talk to Cal Ann and say maybe that might need to be... Come on, Cal. Might need to be happening. We need to send uh, we need to send Weiske over there fire inspect to you guys or what? Fourth highest attended Division three football game in in history. That's cool. And the top three were all at venues that hold like Division one type stadium stuff. I think that's. I don't think anybody will see a Badger basketball game in the Cole Center with a bigger crowd than that. I don't think the Cole seats more than that. Eighteen nine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean eighteen nine fifty one. I don't think the. I know the Fiserv doesn't seat that many people. I mean, that's a lot of people. It it was incredible. (laughs) I mean, it honestly... Well, I was surprised because it was a Friday night. That's what I'm saying. Like, normally all those people were at a high school game, you would think. Or out to a Friday fish fry or doing whatever, but not... See that's kind of a, now, now it might be a bad thing because maybe now they're these the conference will be emboldened to do that more often. Well, they only did it because they had a marching band. I know, but maybe they'll go. Hey, I hope they don't mess with high school football. None of the, neither of the coaches liked it. Short she, week. Because usually it doesn't happen on a Friday. Um, what Bullis told me was the WIAC likes to send Whitewater on the road for that week so it doesn't conflict. Sure, sure. 
but they already were on the road the first two conference games. They weren't they weren't going to send them on a third in a row. Yeah. So they just said we'll bump you up one day. Um, so they got a win against Oshkosh, who they were okay. Seems like Whitewater's got a pretty good defense. Yeah. Yeah, they're shutting people down. Yes. It's a lot of a lot of uh, three point, six point, nine point scores for their opposition. So you and I watched Tegan Christensen when he was on the basketball court, and he basically was put on in there to run around and raise hell. He is the most, and th- th- this is talked about every time it's mentioned in the same breath when his name is that he's undersized. Yeah, he's small. He came up from his defensive back position. I don't know whether you're watching at the time or listening to us. That tight end was 6'5", 260. He got a pass out in the flat and turned around, and Tegan came up, was given up probably 60 pounds. And Tegan fucking leveled him. And it was like, whoa, that was awesome. And it's cool that it's a local kid mm-hmm. for us that we've seen do football, and, and, and he's from Craig. But in that situation, anybody that was undersized, it would be a big thing. It was Look, just cooler because we knew him. I didn't play in high school for football. You did, but we all know these kind of people. Like a little, little different. Some some football. Some guys who play football. They're just wired a little different, and and I say that with all due respect. Love. Yes, it's out of because love, those sure. guys are usually pretty damn good players. And, yes, and Tegan, he he he's a little different. We saw, like you said, we saw that on the court where yeah. sometimes he. I'm not sure he knew the rules. <laughs> But he did what he what they wanted him to do, and I'm not surprised that he's a heck of a college football player because he's he definitely had a motor. He's no been doubt. doing really good on special teams most of the season. They've gotten some injuries in the defensive backfield, and he's been seeing some more time, and he's been producing. Touchdown pass that got called back, he got burned on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, that, again, that's a teachable moment. A lot of people get burned, and that's fine, and it didn't wind up hurting him, but I'm sure he'll try and make that correction. But I'm happy for him, and Whitewater right now is in the driver's seat. Because Platteville just beat River Falls, which was right oh, behind they did. them. Okay. So now they have the tiebreaker uh, in the head-to-head against against Lacrosse, and they still have River Falls on deck in in a week. And uh, now it's Platteville can't go over there. It's the George Chris Bowl that started. There's a big axe. That's that's the trophy. It was made. It was started with Berezwitz and Christ. He passed away. So this is a big kind of memorial game. Um, I'm wondering if Paul's going to be there because he doesn't really have anything to do. Yeah, he's got some time. Um, and I think there's a Christ on the Whitewater squad. If I'm, if I'm, we haven't mentioned his name. I mean, he doesn't play a whole lot, uh, if at all. So um, that that's kind of an association there. But that's it's it's the big Christ Bowl is what they're calling it over at Platteville. So we got over got to go over there. Our man Jimmy Keska is is the home voice of the Platteville Pioneers, and he said. If my 400-poundness can get up to the top without an elevator, I think you guys too can too. So I'm kind of not looking forward to climbing that many steps. I thought we'd gotten away from that at Mansfield Stadium. Well, yeah. but, well you'll see him um, at Quick Trip before the game. That's 100% right, buying hot dogs and chocolate milk. He did say that it's a good media spread. i got to tell you, the one thing I do love about this, one, Athletic directors and sports information people actually return your emails and give you stuff. Well, it's their, yeah, it's their full-time job. Correct. Yeah. And they feed you when you're in the press box. Yeah, that's cool. It's spectacular. Once in a while, like, Foss would bring us over a water in Verona or something. And that's cool. And, and some of the ADs are like, all, do yeah. you guys need anything? Sure. I'm like, yeah, three slices of Rockies. Go get it. 
Can can you have that door dashed over here, please? Come on, athletic director at West that won't be here in three weeks. Go get me some food. <laughs> that sounds like a great place to end. Uh, Whitewater in Platteville this week. One o'clock kickoff on Saturday after we go. Uh, hopefully don't witness a blowout at Arrowhead the night before. So a lot of, uh, lot of football still yet to play, and hopefully it's going to be better than what the NFL is putting out. Or that the way the Badgers are playing. So you go watch your basketball. Yeah. Thank you for listening, tuning in. Please subscribe. And, of course, tell your friends. And hopefully back next week. We'll make it three in a row. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We'll talk to you hopefully next week. Go Bucks.